Good morning. Welcome to the Morning After Show. I'm Grant Cohn. That's Ryan Hensley. Usually it's the morning after the Niners play, but that was two days ago. So it's the morning after the playoffs, although there's a game tonight, which really kind of screws up our show because we don't really know who the Niners are going to play. So we're going to talk about that. <laughs> uh, the, the theme of the show is, are the Niners vulnerable or unstoppable? And I think, I don't know the answer to that. Uh, they've won 11 in a row. So in that sense, they're unstoppable. They score like 30-something points a game. But... Boy, that first half against Seattle was strange, and that game against the Raiders was strange. Uh, so I guess that's sort of going to be the lens in which we're talking about the 49ers. Mm. Um, but first, got to talk about this game. Tonight, Dallas against Tampa Bay. The winner plays the 49ers. Which team do you think the Niners are hoping they face? I think they probably prefer the Bucs, um, and I, the fans prefer the Bucs. I actually uh, put a survey out yesterday. Got 2,100 votes already. 63% of 49er fans prefer the Bucks over the Cowboys. I think I'm probably the lone exception. I want to see the Cowboys simply because I'm an old head and I like that rivalry. I just want to see, like, my neighbor's a Cowboys fan. Two of my best friends are Cowboys fans. That rivalry in the 90s uh, is tremendous. Um, so for old heads like me, I want to see the Niners beat the Cowboys in the playoffs. It's, it's something satisfying about that. Almost like when we... When you uh, beat the Seahawks. I feel you. But who do you think is going to win? Okay, so that's, that's a different question. Okay. You think yep. you'd rather see the the Dallas uh, just because of nostalgia. But who do you think is going to win? I actually think Dallas is going to win. I know okay. uh, that's probably – I mean, so the Bucks played Dallas in I think it was the first game of the season. Mm-hmm. And the Bucks beat them 19-3. But that was a long time ago. Uh, Dallas is healthier than Tampa Bay right now. Dallas is more well-rounded. Uh, Dallas has the fourth, according to, what was it, pro fan of, uh, Pro football reference. Dallas mm-hmm. has the fourth best offensive line in the NFL, um, which is, is huge. They're well-rounded. They're third, uh, they're fifth in third down completions. They're sixth in the overall defense. Um, so they're the best, in my opinion, most well-rounded team. They also have... You know, linebacker Michael Parsons, uh, Zach Martin yep. were named first team All Pro. Wide receiver yep. CD Lamb made second team He's uh, really All good. Pro. Yeah, and uh, I think the right tackle on Tampa Bay Bucks was the only All Pro. He made second team. Okay. Um, so to me, this Dallas just has a better team, and I think they're healthier right now. Tampa Bay is pretty beat up still. Um, the only, you know, the only curveball there would be Tom Brady. You know. He, Tom Brady in the playoffs, man, that is a scary thing. So you, n- you never know with Tom Brady, man. Uh, it's Tom Brady. So he, he, there's a chance that he can pull it off. And that's actually something that probably concerns me a little bit if we do end up having to play the Bucks, would be uh, Tom Brady. Um, now, if I could just say one more thing about the offensive line, I think the reason why we're seeing our defense struggle, I know we're going to talk about it more, but not, not really struggle, but just not play to what the level we're expecting is when they don't put pressure on the quarterback that has a domino effect on everybody else behind him. And I think that's why you see Charvarius Ward um, struggle a little bit yesterday and why you saw the DB struggle against the Raiders. It's just in the Raiders and the game yesterday, Nick Bosa had zero sacks. And when Nick Bosa is not putting pressure on, on the quarterback, this, this is a different defense. Okay. So you think the Niners would rather face Tampa that they're probably going to face Dallas. Mm-hmm. I can understand why they'd rather face Tampa because they kicked the shit out of yeah. Tampa. They mm-hmm. kicked the shit out of Tampa. But 
That was like the B team. And I, I'm looking right now. It does actually look like Tampa's getting healthy. I don't know if their guys are in football shape, but uh, Vita Vea missed most of that game. He's healthy. Tristan Wirfs is back. Um, Sean Murphy Bunting, Mike Edwards, Antoine Winfield Jr. All those guys are back. So um, they're a little bit better. I know they lost last week, but they basically didn't have to win. They sat their guys. Thing about Dallas, I, I know they're really good, but I don't trust anything anyone on that team. There's something right. about Dallas. I don't trust the head coach. I don't trust the defensive coordinator. I don't trust the quarterback. There's something about Dak. So, like, yeah. Cowboys 12-5, freaking Tampa's 8-9. It's like, it should be a no-brainer. But Tampa has a great quarterback, and Dallas has Dak, who is starting to look more and more like Jimmy to me. And one of these quarterbacks who's, like, mediocre, maybe above average, but, like, not getting it done. He led the league in picks this year. He's thrown picks in seven straight games. I don't know what's going on with He's never won a playoff game on the road. He has a lot to prove. And if he loses this game, I don't – I mean, I don't think they can trade him, although they might want to consider it if they can free some cap space up because I don't know where they're going with him making a ton of money. There's a lot of pressure on him. I don't know how good he is, and I think the Niners' defense really is only vulnerable if you got – a great quarterback. And the thing about Brady, although he didn't play well in that game, they never sacked him. Yeah. They never sacked him in that game. So maybe if he had his right tackle and a defense, he they, they could have done better. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, in the, in the right tackle on Tampa Bay, he, he's second-team All-Pro, so he's doing a really phenomenal job. You know, typically with 49ers, they do better against immobile quarterbacks. But Tom Brady, he's just a different story. He gets the ball yeah. out too quick to, to be touched. Dak Prescott is a lot, you know, definitely more mobile than Tom Brady, but Tom Brady avoids sacks because he just gets the ball out really quick. The, you know, and they do concern me a little bit because in the first game they did have open receivers. For whatever reason, Tom Brady wasn't able to hit those guys, um, but he had guys open deep. He did. Sidelines, and he, he was did. just short of his passes. Yeah. Yeah, it seemed like he was – he just didn't have the protection and the Niners were getting to him. But if, you know, Tristan Wirfs is there and the Niners D-line kind of doesn't show up like they've done – sometimes in the past few games, then all of a sudden it's Tom freaking Brady. And I'm much more scared of him than Dak Prescott. I mean, last yeah. year, Dak Prescott against the Niners at home was 23 of 43 for 254 yards, a touchdown, a pick, a 69 rating, and they scored 17 points. Like, I, I was there. He got sacked five times. He doesn't seem that mobile anymore. He's almost 30 years old. The guy has a lot to prove, man. If he can't get it done, eventually Dallas is going to have to figure out something else. Who, who do you think has the best – um, defense, Tampa Bay or Dallas. And, and the reason why I ask you that is because I think Let me look. I think I the mean, way that the 49ers offense is playing so well and, and they're ranked. So Tampa Bay is ranked 13th. Dallas is ranked six defensively yeah. right now, according to pro football reference. And the reason why I ask that is because the 49ers have been able to put up a ton of points Um over the last several weeks with Brock Purdy. If a team is able to slow that down, that's what concerns me more than what their offense can do. Uh, because right now I think the 49ers offense is the best unit on the team actually over the defense. And so if a team can slow the 49ers down, that's the team that it concerns me uh, more than vice versa. Yeah, I mean, Dallas definitely has a better pass rush. Mm-hmm. So maybe maybe that's maybe that makes them a better a tougher matchup for the Niners since the Niners are sort of t turning into a passing team. Yeah, um, Vita Vey is a great run defender, great player, but yeah, without Shaq Barrett, they definitely don't have the pass rush that you would want against a passing team like the Niners. So maybe yeah. in that sense, you'd rather face Dallas. It just feels like 
I don't know. I, I don't know what to make of Dak. Maybe Dak is a really good quarterback. Maybe I'm underselling him. Maybe he's going to prove it tonight and kick it. He seems very hot and cold to me. Like right this He seems time, cold right now, though. Right yes. now. For a long period of time. Yeah. 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 But if he gets hot, and the, you know, the reason why I think a lot of people don't trust the Cowboys is because they go to the playoffs and they're out like instantly. Also, Mike and, McCarthy, even though yeah. he's won a Super Bowl, like yeah. that was a long time ago. And he just doesn't strike you. He doesn't strike fear in the heart of anyone. Yes. Yeah, that's true. You know, but so for I, his I own fans. That. I do like like looking at things like over long periods of time, right? The Cowboys have a history of getting one and done, um, not do, performing well in the playoffs. But to me, sometimes that makes me feel like it's going to happen because <laughs> they've they've gone so long not doing it. I feel like at some point that ha- has to change, you know? So maybe it's this year for the Cowboys. Here's what's, what would scare me about Tampa if I were the 49ers. They're mm-hmm. champions. They won two years ago. Tom Brady's won seven times. A lot of these players know what it takes. So even though they're eight and nine, this is a team that you could say might be able to like flip the switch, get hot, because they've done it before. Yeah. The Niners act like they've done it before. Mm-hmm. And they act like they can flip the switch because they kind of coasted into the playoffs. Yeah. And they turned on they turned it on in the second half of this last playoff game, but they're not champions. Yeah. From the head coach down, they're not champions. And they don't know what it takes, and they're figuring it out right now. And they may establish themselves as champions this year. And of course, they're better than Tampa Bay, but still, it sucks to face the greatest quarterback of all time and a team that just won the championship two years ago. Because again, they could just get hot, and just because they lost last week when they sat a bunch of their starters doesn't mean they're not ready to go. They're getting their center back, Ryan Jensen, who missed the entire season. That's another one. I wouldn't want to face him. I'd be rooting for Dallas if I were if I were the Niners. I'm just saying I don't trust them. Uh, I don't trust emotionally. I, I, I just something about them. They seem like losers, even though they're very talented. There, there's two te- There's two players in the NFL this year that kind of remind me of like in uh, NBA type conservative. Let's wait till the playoffs. Those two players to me are Debo Samuel and Tom Brady. I mean, we watched Debo on Saturday. He looked like. Debo of old to me he was yeah. phenomenal and it was like almost like have you guys been sandbagging all freaking season and I think a guy like Tom Brady who's been playing as long as he has you know he's 46 years old he's won what seven Super Bowls he it almost felt like he's like let's just get into the playoffs and then we'll do our thing type thing so yeah I, it, he does concern me as well uh, I mean it's Tom Brady you know he's the king of the comeback so uh, you definitely can't count him out. I wouldn't base anything on the season when it comes to Tom Brady. I would just look at his career overall, and it's definitely concerning in the postseason. Yeah, and I just want to point out, like last week, Dak Prescott, week 18 against Washington, who had nothing to play for and was starting Sam Howell. Yeah. He went 14 for 37 for 128 yards, a touchdown, a pick, one sack, and a quarterback rating of 45. That was last week. So mm-hmm. – I don't know, man. I feel like that's who you want to face right now. Yeah. That guy. Yeah. They do have Where's that his confidence? Game. Where's his co- You know where Brady's confidence is at. Where's Dak's confidence right now? I, I think one thing, though, if they're, if they're smart, I mean, Niners are great against the run. They're great against the pass. Uh, they're better against the run. But Cowboys do have those Pollard, uh, and they have a great uh, offensive line. So they, they do have the ability to threaten us in the yeah. run game as well. That's true. That's, that's a good point about their offensive line. we got to keep that in mind. Tony says, no more decoy, Samuel. He is Debo 
Apologies. Need that all playoffs long, though. Bang, bang. Let's talk about Debo Samuel. Do you feel like Debo playoff Debo is back? Yes, man. I I, I honestly, I know it sounds funny, and, and it's probably not the case, but damn, it just felt like they were sandbagging Debo. They're just holding him off. Let's keep him healthy. And even Debo's mentality, maybe he got paid, and he's like, I'm going to turn it up for the playoffs. I'm going to just do my thing in this season. That kind of sounds a little crazy. Maybe that's not what happened, but that's what it felt like because when I was watching Debo yesterday, it seemed like the Debo of old. It seemed like the Debo that's worth that contract that he signed. I mean, he was – I think only had five – carries right but he was just phenomenal he was running hard and i think part of it too is i think seattle made a mistake number 23 whoever that was on seattle they, they had that little dirty play on debo after he tackled him i pissed off the whole team i mean you saw kyle shanahan was out there hyped up uh you don't want to piss off the 49ers you don't want to piss off kyle shanahan you don't want to piss off debo trent williams you don't want to get those guys mad and it seemed like that was outside of the ebicom force fumble seemed kind of like a turning point in the game to me after that play. Everyone was fired up. And I just – man, I liked what I saw from Debo yesterday. Or I feel you. Two days ago. Yeah, I feel you. Um, I guess I just saw it a little bit differently. And I know everything switched in the second half. But I'm, I'm kind of – I want to stick with what I saw in the first half. Mm-hmm. What I saw from Debo was kind of what I've seen from him all year in the sense that he still runs really hard. He's still Hercules out there. He's still not going to go down easily. Uh, his first touch was a carry for nine, 22 yards. It was a great run on first and 10. So I, I thought he was geared up for the game. He was running hard. Uh, he also had a couple of nice catches on third and long where he caught those crossing routes and broke tackling. Those were crucial in the game. So I thought yeah. those three plays were really nice and showed you that he's still a good player. But I, I don't know if he's like at his best best yet. I think it's hard to be when he's missed so much time. I think you saw it on the deep throw. There was one at the end of the first half when he just went. He went. Uh, he ran a fade at the end of the first half against Michael Jackson. Didn't beat him. I feel like Debo prime playoff Debo would. Uh, and then at the end of the game, like that that, that, that seventy four yard touchdown. Like they were thirty one seventeen. I kind of felt like Seattle had kind of packed it in at that point. Look, I guess what I want to say is Seattle's not good. We knew it. We, we 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 didn't hype up Seattle, but we tried to make the game interesting all week. But Seattle is nine and nine. That's that was their le- legacy this year. They weren't a good tackling team. They didn't have Jordan Brooks. Like yeah, like Debo and they, the Niners put it on them and they made them really. They really shoved their face in it at the end. But I'd like to see Debo do it again next week in a closer game with a little bit more on the line. Before I say he's all the way back, but clearly twenty two yards in the first carry. I I, I think that what I was most impressed with again. Uh, 18-yard gain on third and 10 in this, uh, right before halftime, and then 21-yard gain on third and seven on that critical third-quarter drive to start the second half that really put the Niners in control. It gave them all the momentum because they didn't have the momentum. They were losing at halftime after Jimmy Ward's penalty. Then they were on third and seven at what? was That, that was Seattle's third. So right, they, they weren't even guaranteed to get a field goal on that drive. He catches the ball. Breaks a tackle, goes for 21. That was huge. But still, is it because Seattle's trash or Debo's back? I don't know. And that's why I don't like I don't like these seven seeds, man. Because to me, they're not playoff teams. They're like little honorary mentions, make-a-wish team that you get to, hey, you want to be a playoff team for a day? Get smacked. <laughs> yeah. No, I, for me, man, I think the, com- the difference is Debo is a competitor. And I feel like I saw that competitiveness come out of him. He had two great catches. Like, Debo's not known 
for having the best hands. But yesterday, man, his he made a couple really fantastic catches. And then there was another play where I'm pretty sure it was – if it wasn't a touchdown, it was going to be a huge game. Brock pretty missed him. He threw to Ayuk in the end zone instead. Ayuk didn't keep Debo running. Debo was open. Debo wide open. He catches that. That's probably six right there as well. So yeah. pretty just missed him on that one. So I don't know, man. I think Debo has just turned up his competitive – this for the playoffs and uh, i agree with that yeah i agree with that i'd like to see him turn up his competitiveness a little bit on the blocks he used to be as good of a blocker as Ayuk. now i don't know if he's just not interested anymore or he's doesn't have the same leg drive because he's missed some time but uh man Ayuk is the one that's making all these blocks down the field and jennings and debo is but again i guess at this point they're paying him to score touchdowns and he did 74 yard play beautiful yeah. But I really felt like once Seattle, once Geno Smith fumbled, you mm-hmm. could kind of feel Seattle go like, oh, yeah. we're screwed at that moment. That's I, how I and felt. You know what? I thought, honestly, Pete Carroll and Geno Smith, up until that, they were calling. They were doing a good job. They were a perfect game, right? They were doing what – in order to be the 49ers with the Seattle had to have the perfect game. And up until that point, they almost were. They were. But if yeah. you remember, like what happened – so they're winning 17-16. Then the Niners come out. Not only do they score a touchdown on their opening drive, they have the ball for eight minutes. Yeah. That was huge. huge. So it's like they're playing defense and offense at the same time. Then Mm -hmm. Seattle gets the ball, and people forget. They they respond. They go right down the field. And on second and nine from the 14, Geno hits Tyler Lockett for seven yards on a quick throw. They're flagged for ineligible man downfield, which Seattle's upset about. Who cares? But anyway, that's that was like a really big break, that call. Then two plays later, sack, fumble, Niners. In the freaking red zone! Thank yeah. you, Geno Smith, for being Geno Smith when it counts. Niners get the ball back, score a touchdown later, go thirty-one, go up 31-17 in the fourth quarter. That's the game. Right there. But, like, it was way closer than that. It yeah. turned because of Geno Smith being Geno Smith and Charles Amenehue being so that was clutch. Good play. Good play so by clutch. Charles. Great yeah, I mean, play by Charles Amenehue. We saw Josh Allen, you know, get stripped, fumbled. As but also, well. I mean, did Gino like like running in the pocket with the ball in one hand? Like, dude, like, what? Well, but I'm sorry, yeah, yeah whatever, whatever. Not, really not our play by Charles. I mean, who and you're talking about an eligible man down field. I think they had three of those called. Wow, which is wow. just what are you again? Doing? It's the mark of a nine and nine team. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. So again, so it's great what the Niners did. It was very close. They got a nice little break there, and then they blew them out as they should have. But dude, it was the freaking Seahawks. Whoever mm-hmm. they play next week, Tampa or Dallas is better than. Than, than that Seattle team and the Niners what I guess bothered me about the performance was it was enough to beat Seattle but I'd mm-hmm. like to see a Super Bowl a champion you know a Super Bowl contender in January like have a standard that they're playing at at this point like you're playing your best football and, and it's not just like we're playing better than our opponent this week and it's been that way for like the last four games you know well, I think for me like I've all, one of the, my biggest complaints is 49ers don't have a passing game Right now they do. They have an explosive passing game under Brock Purdy, and it's great. But that's that first drive of the second half. Kyle Shanahan came out just running the ball down their throat, yep. trying to c- control the clock, and that's the 49ers' identity. And I think it, they need to really, honestly, I think it's smarter to stick with that, start with that, and then have the pass off of that. In my opinion, and I think that's why they struggled. Like Kyle Shanahan wanted to make it the Brock Purdy show in the first half, and that was honestly the worst half of football I've seen from Brock Purdy in his career. Thankfully, he had an amazing half in the second half. But I think Kyle just needs to take a little pressure off of Brock Purdy and stick with this run game to start the, start the game. 
You could argue that. that was the best drive of the season. And what I loved about it was first play of the drive, play action, dump off to Juszczyk. Mm-hmm. They don't get Juszczyk involved enough. He's a really good player. Uh, I make fun of how little they use him. But whenever they get him involved, especially first play in a drive, it's, good things tend to happen. He's like mm-hmm. the guy who's always open. So then you go after that, you go uh, handoff to McCaffrey for three yards, third and one, quarterback sneak. And it works. You got one. Yeah, it was good Finally, to see so the, I'm just going to go through this drive real quick because it was great. Next play, handoff to McCaffrey, no gain. Next play, freaking Purdy to Kittle for 23. Yeah. So they didn't totally go away from Purdy. Next play, Mitchell for four. Next play, Mitchell minus one. Next play, third and seven. This is crucial from the 37. Not quite in uh, Gold's range. Purdy to Debo on a crosser breaks a in front of the sticks. Breaks a tackle, mm-hmm. goes for 21. Explosive play. Then into 16. McCaffrey for seven. McCaffrey for two. McCaffrey for five. McCaffrey for one. And then second goal at the one. Quarterback sneak, it works. Dude, quarterback sneak makes or breaks teams this year. Yeah, Baltimore's yeah. going home because they couldn't do the quarterback sneak. Right. What the hell was that? But yeah. uh, Brock got it done twice on this drive, and that's why the Niners are still alive. Yeah, it was good to see. I, but even though they, the passing game was it was huge in that, right? The Debo play, the Kittle play, all that was it was yeah. huge. And that's twenty three yards, play. 20 twenty one yards. Those were huge. Those were huge. big plays. But I felt yeah. like it was run first. Still, the mentality is run first. The threat Absolutely. of the run was there more than in the first first half. And I think that's what Kyle needs to do. Even if it doesn't work, but even if you get one yard, go after I like him. The, I like, though, throwing on first down and then mm-hmm. running on second. Yeah. Because they're expecting you to run on first down. Hit, hit use check for six. And then yeah. on second and four, boom. Then give it to me. I like that. I mean, mix it up a little bit. Mix it up is so, good. Yeah. We were supposed to be talking about Debo. We, we got to talk about other things, but it's okay. I, <laughs> I think Debo is definitely getting there in terms of getting to his playoff peak. Double B Studio says, "What's up, Grant Ryan? What's up, Double B Studio? Who is that?" Double B is my guy. He he, he Who was is the that? Closest, he had the closest prediction. Uh, he predict he was like four points off on the score prediction oh, wow. last week. Yeah, dude. Ever I thought it was gonna rain. It didn't freaking rain. It barely rained. I hate yeah. talking about weather, especially when it doesn't happen. Nico right. says Ryan has four interviews before the division. Is defense gonna be ready? Let's talk no, about it. Let's talk. Four, I, this is a good topic. So apparently there are five openings so far. He's got interviews with four of them. He's already set up two of them this week, and wow. I guess he's going to set up the, the, the other two for this week or next week. Do you think this is something that could actually affect the 49ers in the upcoming game? Uh, I don't No, I don't really think so. I think he's going to do what he's going to do. He's going to be ready for it. I mean, he's been doing it all year. I don't think it's going to be a huge difference. And it, honestly, if you watch D'Amico and the way he's been calling defense all year, it's pretty much been the same uh, for a majority of this season. It, not much variance. He basically tells us – he basically dares people to beat him. He mans up. He, he expects pressure from the defensive line. And uh, yeah. he just expects his team to beat the offense. He just thinks they're superior. And it's just like a it's like when you're playing basketball and you just play man defense. Go out there and man up. And, and beat your man. And it seems like that's kind of what um, D'Amico's been doing. I don't really think it's going to affect, um, you know, his – if we know anything about D'Amico, he's a professional through and through. He's going to make sure he's prepared for this game and that the team's prepared. That's true. I, I guess the only reason I'm a little concerned is that, frankly, his defense hasn't been playing its best right now. The mm-hmm. offense is playing its best. The defense mm-hmm. is not. Yeah. And I don't know why that is, but – even last week against the Seahawks, who aren't don't have a great offense, 
I thought the defense was not its best, especially in the first half. Mm-hmm. And D'Amico does great against the Kyle Shanahan disciples, the Sean McVay disciples, the Matt LaFleur disciples. He faces that every day in practice. He's great against it. He struggled against Andy Reid and Josh McDaniels. Guys, I mean, from other other coaching trees. And he's got, this week, two guys, Mike McCarthy and Byron Leftwich, who he doesn't know as well, although he did face Byron Leftwich a month ago. That helps. But still, I mean, ah, if the defense continues to not play its best, I think people are going to talk about this. Yeah, I mean, that's possible. You know, to his credit, going against Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes is, hasn't been any easy for anyone, right? Um, but I will say th- this defense, the key to this defense is pressure on the quarterback. When we don't get pressure on the quarterback, everything else falls apart. And, you know, you see against the Raiders, uh, against the Chiefs, against um, Seahawks, it, there was no pressure, right? Yeah. And, and when there's no pressure, the quarterback's able to do their thing. The defensive back unit for the 49ers um, have benefited because of the pass rush, particularly Nick Bosa. And when Nick Bosa is unable to get to the quarterback, they kind of show that they're just not as not as great maybe as we think they are. They're very good. Uh, I don't think Charveris Ward is a bad corner by any means. Um, it's just they have relied on that pressure. And I think teams that understand that, teams are seeing that. And so they're game planning. They're doubling Nick, uh, Nick Bosa. They're chip-locking Nick Bosa. And they understand that if they get away from Nick Bosa – they're going to have a lot more time and the corners are going to struggle a little bit more. And I think that's really just what we're seeing. It's it's when Nick Bosa is not able to get the quarterback, everything else breaks down. So what you're saying is that <clears throat> D'Amico Ryans doesn't do that much, which is what Pete Carroll said last week too, right? The Niners don't try to fool you. They don't do a whole lot on defense. Right. So what you're saying is D'Amico Ryans might not be responsible for what makes the 49ers. So I'm just saying – well, you know, teams that are thinking about hiring D'Amico, are you hiring him for his leadership or for his defensive acumen? Because, again, there's, well, there's a lot of DCs need. look good when the, when the front four is dominant. He's not doing anything exotic, right? It's just line up and beat your man. And the defense was good with Sala. The defense has been good for a long time. And it really is all based on getting to the quarterback. 49ers made that their priority. When Kyle Shanahan, yes. but Sala got hired the year after Bosa went down because he showed that he could put together a top five defense yeah. without Bosa. That's true. And I don't That's know true. that D'Amico can do that. Or maybe if he can, he hasn't had the opportunity to show it yet, which but of course he doesn't want that opportunity. But yeah, Buckner back then, right? Not in 2020. He didn't Not have with, Buckner. He didn't have Buckner Bosa. He had really? Jason Verrett, and he brought a lot of pressure that year, and he could get away right. with it because he had Jason Verrett. But yeah. still, it was impressive. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think Sala. I think Sala. Kerry Hyder. Yeah, I, but I think that the, the D'Amico, I think, is going to be a good coach, not necessarily because he d- dials up exotic defenses. I think it's just because he's a good leader, and so I think he'll be a good coach as long as he gets good coaches around him. That's going to be the key for him. Like, who's your offensive coordinator going to be, and what franchise are you going to be with? True. Also, also, how how much do people want D'Amico, or how much are people interested in D'Amico as a head coach because of his defense or because of the culture that yeah. the Niners, that teams want like teams want to probably recreate what the Niners have yeah. so they're thinking maybe we could get D'Amico and Rand Carthon and get like the front office and the coaching staff and get to sort of like another version of the 49 and I mean Miami did it the Jets did it that, that could be what's going on right now although although 
how good are Robert Sala and Mike McDaniel doing? I mean, I guess that's in the eye of the beholder. You could argue they've had a lot of success early on in their careers. You could also argue, I don't know. I don't I, know. They haven't had a ton of success yet, either one. I think Mike McDaniel, with Mike McDaniel, you're seeing his uh, struggles um, as a rookie coach. But I also think he's done a tremendous job building the confidence. If you think about the quarterbacks that he's had to work with this year, I mean, he made Tua look – he gave Tua confidence he never had. Now, Tua had multiple concussions, and that definitely hurt his play after those uh, concussions. And then he's had second and third string quarterbacks that – I, That's I think, true. I think and, he, and he didn't even pick his defensive coordinator. I think Miami made him keep him. The thing with Sala, I guess that would make you a little nervous if you're hiring Ryan's and he's like the next Sala. Is Sala has already fired his OC two years into his tenure. Yeah. So D'Amico, who's your OC? And right. why do we feel like you're not going to fire him? Have to fire him two years because yeah. I'm sure Kyle didn't want to fire Matt Lafleur. They're family friends. Yeah. And I, that's why if I'm a GM or an owner, I'm not hiring a defensive-minded head coach. Personally, now I know Demicky, he's going to get a job somewhere. I just don't like that. I, that's not how I build a team. I build it like 49ers build Kyle Shanahan, hire an offensive mind because then it's consistent and it never changes. Uh, when you're a defensive coordinator, defensive minded head coach, and you're not responsible for how the offense is playing, you might have to change your offense every year, every two years. And we saw that with the 49ers in the early 2000s. Uh, and that's a problem. I mean, yeah. And even if you find a guy that, that doesn't leave is probably because he's not that great. Like, look at Seattle. Yep. One of the best defensive coaches of all time, but their offensive coordinator is Shane Waldron. Look at Belichick. Yeah. And if you his and offensive if you coordinator guy, is Matt Patricia. And, and if you find a guy that's good, yeah, he's out of there the next year. Out. Anyway. Yeah. Exactly. That's a, so. that's a tr that's true. It is true, man. Uh, Jad is Jad says I'm still scared to like the Perd Man trauma. I think so. Well. Man. They're not gonna yeah. they're not really committed to him. That's the nice thing about it. Connor. Purdy. Yeah, Perdman Jr. Oh, Perdman. <laughs> Got it. Got it. Yeah, yeah you know I mean, Manny I'm, Fresh and Perdman. I'm a little I'm a little slow to, to it's okay. Honestly. Yeah, yeah, you should be. Should yeah, be. Um, Jimmy. But again, what's great is they don't have to give him a they don't have to make a decision on whether to make him the highest paid quarterback in the in the world after this season. He's still yeah. gonna be making a million dollars, which is nice. Yeah. Connor Koch says, give us the Cowboys. They're just like Green Bay. Always good enough to make it, but will always fall short in the biggest moments. It is fitting that, that their coach is the, is Mike McCarthy. Yeah. Nice little connection. <laughs> yeah. Koch, brother. Connor Koch. Yeah. Uh, remember when uh, all the, when they had a, a rap label and like Cameron was on Koch <laughs> yeah. Records? Yeah. But I don't think anyone knew how to pronounce it. So they were calling him Koch. They also, they're on cut. <laughs> Joey Lilly says, "Living this, uh, loving this team that nobody wants to face in the playoffs." Great show, Grant and Ryan. I'm going to my first ever playoff game Sunday. Let's get the dub. So have fun, Joey. The other team in the NFC that's kind of intriguing to me this year is New York. Yes. Yeah. Daniel. Jones. They might be a year away, but yeah. wow, man. Daniel Jones and Barkley, those two combined are just dangerous. Really dangerous. Dude, they got some guys on their team, man. Yeah. Slayton's good. Richie James is good. Uh, their left tackle is like Trent freaking Williams, but 10 years younger. Their and I like offensive line. I like how they use Daniel Jones. When I was watching that game, I'm like, man, I wish they would have used Trey Lance like they used Daniel Jones. Like that is the formula for me for Trey Lance. I like watching Daniel Jones. He's really and he good. Could, and he's another guy who can scramble, get outside of the pocket, make the Niners, you know, attack them in their weaknesses. So I, mm -hmm. I don't even – you might rather face Philly. I don't know. If, I'd rather not go to Philly if you don't have to. But even if Philly loses to the Giants, that's 
I know that, that's still a tough NFC, and I think it'd be kind of cool to have Niners Giants again, just yeah. like 2012. Isn't there always a team that just comes out of like it, the one you don't expect that always makes it to at least the final four? But frankly, I mean, the Giants have been tough all year. Everyone knows they're sort of undermanned, but they have been tough all year. Yeah, Andre said, yeah. "Hell yeah, good coach." And apparently a good young quarterback, right? Yeah, I like Daniel Jones, man. Yeah. Yeah. Andres Flores. I mean, he used to fumble all the time. Now he doesn't. I guess. Imagine, thing. You imagine him on the 49ers? I, I think he would be pretty damn good, man. Honestly. Hell yeah. Yeah. He's Look, he's better than Geno. I don't know why yeah. I keep having to make points about Geno, but it's something about how, how much the Seahawks fans love him. I'm like, it feels like the Jimmy love all over again. You know what I'm saying? You know, like. Nothing against Jimmy, but there is this thing in the NFL about fans who fall in love with mediocre to slightly above average quarterbacks. Uh, Jared Goff in Detroit, Geno Smith in Seattle, Jimmy Garoppolo for a long time. And it's like, it's just annoying because it's a waste of everyone's time. You're going to give them too much money. You're not going to win a Super Bowl. Every year you're going to be in the playoffs. You're going to give them too much credit. It's going to be con- Just move on and get a quarterback who's 22 and makes 900K a year, please. But no. So you know what? Don't move on because the Niners are really happy that they get to face Geno Smith twice next year. Yeah, we'll see what happens with that. Geno, actually, man, I think he's played really well, except when he plays the Niners for whatever reason. He's played decent, man. He has a high. Yeah, I've said, how many times have we said that about Jimmy Garoppolo? I think he's played really well. He's had a good. He's had a good month. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. Is he going to win Super Bowl? His deep ball accuracy. Jimmy never had that. No, but what Geno doesn't have is pocket presence. That's true. He just yeah. seems so mechanical. And robotic in the pocket. I know when he gets outside, he's kind of athletic and stuff, but he's a little older too. I still think Russell Wilson's more dangerous than him, and I know the Seahawks will. It seems like their entire season was about proving that they were that Geno Smith is a better quarterback than Russell Wilson. They were right to trade Russell and not pay him, but Geno, who cares? Like it's neither. It's you need Brock Purdy. You got to find Brock Purdy. Yeah. Andre says, do you think yesterday's game for Debo gives us a better understanding of how he'll be used in the offense with all these playmakers on off? Yeah, he's going to be getting a lot of balls because they paid him and Kyle loves him. Yeah. And he's good. Yeah, Debo, I mean, having CMC and Debo both, I mean, that's – Kyle Shanahan has a, a plethora of riches. That being said, I didn't – what I don't like about his usage in this game was the checkdowns. Dude, that's such a waste for Debo Samuel. I mean, that's what Christian McCaffrey's for. What I liked with Debo was the crossing routes. Can we get Debo to catch the ball more than three yards down the field? For the whole season, it was like the line of scrimmage and back. Yeah. Dude, you're not paying him for that. And so a crossing route, yes! <laughs> I loved it. I don't say they don't trust him on slants. He has, I don't remember the last time he caught a slant, but a crossing route, love that. Yeah, yeah. Hero Winchester says, BP's mobile takes shots and protects the ball. And this team, that's enough. We never needed the next Mahomes. It's a better Jimmy G. BP has a lot of Mahomes traits, though. Can he win a shootout versus Mahomes? I was going to say, he does remind me of Mahomes in the sense that he runs a lot. It's just usually it's behind the line of scrimmage, and it's to throw. That's like yeah. Mahomes, which I like. How, how, how often a game does Brock Purdy cross the line of scrimmage not on a quarterback sneak? Not often. I wish not he would have. There was one play where he scrambled back out of the left like he likes to do, and he had, he had grass in front of him. Yeah, and so maybe there are times where I would like to see him do that a little bit more. And of course, yeah. slide. Don't get hit. Yeah. Don't get hit. Justin, uh, did we answer every part of that question? Justin says uh, that throw he almost made to BA in the back of the end zone. This kid is starting to make. Well, first of all, he did make the throw. I didn't make the catch. He hit Ayuk in the numbers. It was a perfect throw. Kid oh. is starting to make me believe. Uh, then the Kurt Warner only quarterback to win is thirteen. Spooky. 
That's a good point. To me, point. To, to me, that play where he scrambled for like an hour and a half and then yeah. be in the back corner of the end zone was the best play I've seen for Brock Purdy all year. I, yes, I agree. My favorite play. But again, also, he made those other two touchdown passes with his pocket movement, the one to McCaffrey, the one to Mitchell. And that's why I feel like... They're same play, off, too. Yeah, like the, like the touchdown passes he had in those games are, are throws that Jimmy would... Plays Jimmy wouldn't even try to make. Not yeah. that he couldn't make them, because he can't. But he wouldn't even try. And yeah. that's why I'm so intrigued by Brock Purdy. Of course, he's not the most... It's, it's kind of like... I keep thinking of Steph Curry. He's not the kind of basketball player who's 6'7", doing windmill ducks, dunks, and just impressing you with his athleticism. But the skill. the He is actually athletic. The skill, uh, the IQ... The uh, all of it, it's surprisingly good, and it's like, well, who cares that he's only six foot one? Who cares that he runs a four eight? Like, he has everything he needs so far. Maybe the league will catch up to him at some point, but right now, he's got everything he needs to lead this particular team to big points every week. When you when you bring up uh, Steph, it's funny because I think Brock Purdy's athleticism is underestimated, and Steph's is actually as well. He actually has a really good vert. People don't know yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, and he, yeah, I agree. I agree. Mm-hmm. Levi's needs to be louder. It was way too quiet. It was I I think everyone was in those lounges. I'm just saying. That's the thing oh, about Levi's. Not. The lounges are nice. You ask where you want to be. Yeah. Kiwa says hot take. Tampa Bay beats Dallas number 13 beats number 12 and passes the torch. New York beats Philly. Comes to Santa Clara number 13 redeems 2011 NFC uh loss to Eli. SF goes to Super Bowl 13 becomes first rook to win it all. Legend is born. That could all happen. Only thing that scares me about the Niners playing the Giants in the NFC Championship game is Ray Ray. Oh, don't Ray be Ray. Kyle. Yeah. Don't be Kyle yeah. Williams. We don't I'm trying to make that. sure that doesn't happen. Don't do it. <laughs> yeah. Just catch. Fair catch. Yeah. Don't do- remember Kyle. Kyle Williams dove for a punt in the rain, and that was a sign that he should have been not. He wasn't ready. He was, the moment was too big for him, but Jim Harbaugh didn't react. Yeah, that was uh, man. He's one of the most hated 49ers of all time. Yeah. Sorry, Kyle. Yeah. TJ says they only give up 17 points. I feel like you are just trying to ruffle some feathers. LOL, Skylar Thompson put up 31 on the Bills. Standards are high. Um, yeah, it's true. But it, it's Seattle. It's Seattle. Concerns you. It's right? Shane Waldron. It's Geno Smith. It's freaking how, how Seattle. How they against the Raiders. Yeah, yeah that, that, those things kind of scare me. And it's like... Again, it feels kind of like the Niners' defense has just taken their foot off the gas. That they're strutting around the field and they think teams are scared of them and intimidated by them because of what they did a few months ago. And they've kind of gotten punched in the mouth by teams that have decent running backs, decent offensive lines. I mean, they've been giving up over 100 yards rushing. Like, yeah. They're not playing like themselves, and I don't get it. Here's a theory I have to that that I've been thinking about the last couple of days. And you tell me what you think. The offense is scoring a lot quicker than they were with Jimmy Garoppolo. Therefore, the defense is out there a lot longer. And I was wondering if that comes into play. I need to look at the numbers. I don't know. I have to look at the numbers on that because I know the offense has the ability to keep the ball like they did on that third quarter drive that really changed the game. They can do it, but they they also have a quick strike ability too sometimes. Like later on in the game when they hit Debo for 74 yards. It's like, Debo, can you slow down, please? Slow down. That's what we're seeing, I think, a lot. And that may be why the defense is struggling a little bit more since over the last few weeks is because – with Brock Purdy, they have been scoring a lot quicker, and they haven't been relying on the run game and running out the clock, which is enjoyable for me as a 49ers fan to watch. I like the quick attack, but it does put the defense out there longer. 
or maybe it's just the the psychological uh, reality of knowing the offense is going to score thirty five. Yeah. So we don't have to be as focused or as locked yeah, in. Maybe yeah. it's just natural. Like, hey, they're yeah. going to score 35. Like, what? we don't – in the past, team. they knew they had to play their very best for the Niners to win a game. It's and Jimmy would get all the credit. Two different teams this year, yeah. right? It's – you know, before it was defense focused, run out the clock on offense. Now it's – the offense is scoring quickly. Defense is out there a lot longer. It's like two different teams this year, and it's good because I don't think you can win a Super Bowl with defense. In no, you can't. I, I, I don't think you because honestly, who has a great defense in the playoffs right now? Which team? Well, I mean, I mean, the Eagles are decent. Dallas is yeah, decent. but they've given, but they've that's a team that's given up lots of points in certain. I mean, that's a team that's looked. Philly's been giving up points recently, but you're not going mean, to stop Patrick Mahomes. You're not going no. to. You have to be able. You got to outscore him. That's what yeah. I'm saying. That's what I'm yeah. saying. So the Niners defense can play better, but I don't know that they're ever going to be what we thought they were a couple months ago. Yeah. Blake says, this is one of those times I have to disagree strongly. Debo is the make a zero play into five plus yards. A number of his plays are better than they seem. Yeah, for sure. For sure. But there was a level of play that he displayed last year that was historic. And he's not 34. He's 26. So I think he can get back there. That's all I'm saying. Maybe he's there right now. Antonio says, I get the feeling that it was close because Pete Carroll knows Kyle so well. And it was a divisional team. Brock is so cool to watch. Yeah, I mean, Carroll right, but- called the perfect game plan. They actually had a Niners game plan. They had a they had the first half Niners season game plan going against the Niners yesterday. It was a perfect game plan. And Gino was playing perfect ball. And then until he fumbled. Until he fumbled. And all went down here. I'll tell you who I am when I hatch. <laughs> okay. Can we bring back Trent Williams going in motion, says Isaac. Man, that was so gimmicky last year. And I think they did it because he had a uh, messed up ankle and they were trying to find ways to use him. Defense let off the gas once the offense stepped up. That's what I just – you could you could argue that's true. I think they need to knock that off, though, because eventually they're going to have to face Patrick Mahomes, probably. <laughs> Tampa got a gimme losing record, horrible division. That is true. That is true. Yeah. Still, though, they've been hurt all year. And if any team can flip a switch, it's a, it's a championship team like them. Double D oh, Studio says tinfoil hat theory players playtime look weird be- before a contract is due. Maybe D'Amico being uh, sabotaged so he could just stay. LOL. <laughs> I don't think so. No. Tony Flo says Purdy is crowned if BA catches TD. Awesome play. That, honestly, man, that would have been that would have been like not like the there wasn't as much on the line, but it was like the Joe Montana to Dwight Clark rolling right. I feel like Purdy could make that play and that throw. Can I say something that's going to piss everyone off real quick? Just because I, I just want to say, like, Brock had about three turnover-worthy plays in the first half. He did. He's had a lot throughout this season, and for whatever reason, the ball has bounced his way. It has. And so, And it didn't bounce Trevor Lawrence's way in the first half of that game. Yeah, I mean, he, right. I, Brock Purdy's had a lot of interceptions dropped, and I'm grateful for it. And that's – sometimes you need a little luck. Um but I think I'm cool on the Joe Montana stuff right now for me. Okay. Well, well, all I'm saying is, if you, look, I didn't live through Joe Montana, okay? And it was a long time ago, and it's been romanticized to death because we know how his career ended up. Greatest of all time, four championships, yada, yada, yada. He threw picks. Yeah. You know no, what I'm saying? All- like, hey, all threw picks. The issue is, are you a playmaker? Can you offset them? And what's so interesting about Brock so far mm-hmm. is that, he has been a playmaker in addition 
to being quite a good game manager as well. Now, yeah. that could change if he starts throwing a bunch of picks like Dak Prescott. But so far, dude's a playmaker. First hey. one I've had in a long time at quarterback. I honestly, September 21st, 2022, I tweeted out, no joke, I'm intrigued by Brock Purdy. He seems like a playmaker to me. And I didn't I see it, man. Dude's a playmaker. Yeah. I thought he was a playmaker in the way that, like, C.J. Beathard's a playmaker. No, man, the guy is freaking elusive, and we all he know. He, sees the he, field. he sees the field better than any rookie quarterback I've seen. Especially when he gets outside the pocket. Yeah. Yanni Vander says, D'Amico saving his best for Hurts and Philly uh, or Allen. Saving his best. Is that what you do in January? <laughs> I didn't know that's what you do in January. I thought you I thought you play your best in January. Gizmo Maltese says if we play Cowboys, what's our greatest vulnerability against them? CD Lamb. CD Lamb. I mean, they got a good run game. They got a good offensive line. They got a good outside linebacker. Dallas is very well rounded. I think if they had a better if if Dak was playing better, they'd be pretty damn dangerous. It's just I mean the game plan against the Niners defense is do what the Raiders did. Yeah. Do what the Raiders did. You know, you got to be able to control the game on first down with your run game. Raiders did that. Seahawks did that for a time. And then you got to take shots down the field to your really good wide receiver. Raiders did that. I mean, look, if the Raiders could do it, the Cowboys can do it because their running backs aren't as good as Josh Jacob, but their offensive line is better than the Raiders. CeeDee Lamb's not as good as uh, Devontae Adams, but almost. Mm -hmm. Uh, Dak Prescott's better than Stidham. That's what's so scary about it. If the Raiders can do what they did, other teams can do it too. Seahawks almost pulled it off. And here's what's scary about it too, uh, Grant, is that if you can do offensively what the Raiders did, but then match that match that with good defense, now, now, now that's a problem. All you got to do to beat the Niners, I think, or at least compete, is not turn the ball over. Because there are vulnerabilities on the defense. As soon as Geno started turning the ball over, it was checkmate. But... It, and Stidham eventually turned it over through that pick at the end, and it was over. But if you can just control, protect the ball, you got a chance. And Tom Brady with weapons, he can do it. Yeah. Dak, I don't know. I don't know if Dak can do it. That's the yeah. thing about Dak. I don't yeah. know if he can do it. Right. Anoop says D'Amico hasn't delivered a championship caliber playoff defense. Playoff defense is about coverage, schemes, single high ain't it. Get more DBs back. That is a very interesting comment. I think it's tough. I think it's tough to put everything on D'Amico also, right? Like, players got to make plays too, you know? I think the 49ers, if you went player for player, the 49ers offense has more talent than the 49ers defense. I really believe that. Gizmo Malti says, why so much hate for Gino? He had a great year. I think he did too. Have have you not seen the way I covered Jimmy Garoppolo the last five years? Are you kidding? (laughs) Haven't you seen any of my movies? (laughs) Yeah, Haven't you seen my movies? No, this is how I cover mediocre quarterbacks who get too much love and too much money at 32 years old. No. it's the, If they re-sign Geno Smith, the Niners should have a parade. called the Geno, It should be called Geno Smith Day. And they should celebrate it every year that he's still on the team. Geno Smith Day. I'm sorry if I'm being too mean. Matthew Sanders says, Does anyone else think that a halftime Bugs Bunny showed up with a water bottle of Mike's secret stuff while MJ looked on in the corner? What, gave it to the Seahawks or the Niners? Because I felt like the Seahawks... Dude, Gino, you were in the red zone, down six. All you had to do was not fumble the ball, and you, you kick the field goal, you're down three, it's a game still. I don't like that, Gino Smith. You could have been a game, and you blew it. I, I was think, there. I do think we got to give credit to uh, Aminahu, though. That was a great play Big by Big time. Aminahu. Great play. And you saw Josh Allen get strip sacked as well. So Big time. That happens. Big time. That was great. Stephen Pryor, two hands on the ball in the future. Eugene, your name is Eugene until you stop fumbling. 
We look at no, no, Gino, Eugene, Stephen Pryor says I have a gut feeling that NYG will take care of an injured Hurts and Eagles. NYG should be a better matchup for the Niners, and their questionable secondary seems like a trap game for the Eagles. Mm-hmm. I agree, but the thing about the Giants that would concern me, uh, if from the Niners' perspective, is again, Barkley is as good or better than Josh Jacobs, and, and they they have Andrew Thomas who can match up with Nick Tom- with Nick Bosa and Daniel Jones who can do a lot of the. Th- he can do everything Jared Stidham did, but way better. Mm-hmm. He's way better than Geno. Yeah. So those are the things. And I also think Darius Slayton is pretty good, even though he dropped that crosser at the end. Matthew says Niners defense starting to slide now that they aren't facing Purdy every week. Pink onion pizza. Oh, wow. He's saying because Purdy, they're going against Josh Johnson. They're sliding. Hey, man. Maybe, that was, maybe it's truth. Purdy, we're going to need you to take all the reps now. First team and scout. Do it for the team. You want to... You want to get that contract, right? <laughs> Don't forget about Purdy's 10-yard split. It's remarkable. Mm-hmm. It's remarkable. 155. I couldn't do that at any point in my life and I was faster than Purdy. He runs a 484. I ran a 46. A 46. And I, <laughs> I I want everyone to know that I ran a 46 when I was 17 years old. It's very important for my self-esteem. I'm a 495 guy, Grant. Unfortunately. At least it's underneath 5. That's good. Yeah, I made it. Tony says a lot of folks giving BCB flack for his performance in the first half. Please remember he's a rookie, and even being a rookie, he's doing what he's doing. Hey, man, I'm just, go back and look at uh, Joe Montana's playoff performances. He threw three picks in the game against the Cowboys where he, th- where he uh, hit Dwight Clark for the win. Like You're allowed to throw picks here and there if you win the game and make plays. My it's thing with Jimmy was he was not a playmaker, and yeah. he would take credit for these wins when it was like, dude, you're getting bailed out Be- after – Mistakes that you made. And to his credit this year, he stopped throwing picks. He became the game manager he always was destined to be. Yeah. And I I mean, at the half, I wasn't impressed with Brock Purdy, but it's about how you finished. And right. you finished the game. And that, that's what matters. He was 9 of 19 at the half. Yeah. Niners Dodgers says Kyle Williams won a Super Bowl with Denver after. He was the, uh, was the reason. good luck charm. Yeah. Trey Niner says, I'm convinced that this defense is not better than the 2019 defense. The secondary is not that good without Mosley. The D-line doesn't seem that great. Um, I you know, to yeah, to me this kind of feels like the 2012 defense that was great, and then all of a sudden started giving up major points in the playoffs, and they became this offensive team. But they had injuries, like Justin Smith was hurt, and Alden Smith might have been hurt too. D feels D feels like they don't have to play perfect to win, and it feels like they know it. But yeah. there's yeah. What do you think Kyle Shanahan will do differently in this game versus the Seahawks? Says Jackson. Nothing. It depends on who he plays. Depends on if it's the Cowboys or Bucks. I think that's going to alter the game plan. It's true. Um, I don't think they're going to do much different, though. I think they feel like they have a formula. Hayden Barry says, I'm, an, I'm at Wingstop. Want anything? Yeah. Give me the lemon, lemon pepper. Lemon pepper. Anyway, anyways, Brock Purdy is way better than that number 10 guy, and our D needs to step it up if we play in the bowl. Yeah, because to me, again, I feel like, th- not to be a downer, but great story. This team feels like a team that's going to lose to the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Right now. If this is their best that they're going to do. If this is their level right now. But I, we've seen we've seen better out of them. We've seen better. When Debo gets got his leg pulled, it cured him. Yeah, maybe that he was giving him a, uh, a treatment. An maybe he was popping it. An yeah. alignment. There you go. Uh, one more. Who is the Niners' best kept secret this season? 57? Ray best Ray. Freaking Ray Ray on offense. Jordan Mason. I don't know. That's tough. Here's the problem with Jimmy Garoppolo. Niners ran more. Eight clock rested defense. Purdy scores quicker, so defense is out there longer. Gets tired and it shows. But that's on Kyle. Like, run the ball. 
you can always run. They did it in the, in the in the third quarter. Like you don't have to pass every time. They passed nineteen times in the first half. That's double on B, Kyle. Thinking my material double B. I, I already said that double B. Come on, man. Yeah, come on, man. We yeah. The Astro Channel says Niners need more blitzes. They have great personnel, uh, but need to disguise more blitz and more often. Yeah, again, this was another game where they didn't have that much pressure, especially early. I, I think you have to manufacture pressure if you're not getting it on your. I own. would love to see more blitzing from the 49ers. I love I love a good blitz. Yeah, I mean you're gonna have you, you you're using Jimmy Ward at nickel. He's supposed to be a playmaker. Blitz him. Whoever comes out of New York Giants, Philly is going to be limping. Remember, yeah, agree. That's true. Remember, uh, Sala used to blitz Kwan Williams a lot. That was his secret weapon. Sala was really a very good defensive coordinator. And look, D'Amico's good too. But I haven't seen those little Sala's pressures were great, underrated. I haven't seen that from D'Amico yet. And it's like, man, you have Sala's, you have Sala's Sala's notes. Like, can't you just copy him? What are you doing? He does like uh, one, maybe two. Huff. uh, Huff. Huff is his guy. Huff's yeah. his guy. Dak and Brady fold under pressure. That's how you win. Yeah, D- Brady, f- super known for folding oh, under pressure. Buddy, that's buddy. the truth. Love you, Eddie Marcos. <laughs> we have to. We have nothing to worry about. We can only. Uh, we can only beat us. Probably. I, it doesn't seem like either one of these teams has a great chance to beat the Niners. I'm just trying to think which team has a better chance compared. Uh, it, it feels like the Niners aren't really gonna be seriously challenged until the NFC Championship game. Although. It depends on how they play. Uh, Niners, wide receivers were wide open all day, uncontested. LOL. Yeah, man, I, there's so many of these. And I, like I'm gonna, I, I'm pretty hard on Kyle Shanahan, but man, some about having Brock Purdy, he's been just dialing it up. Like he has been, his play design is top three in the in the NFL, in my opinion. Now his play calling, sometimes I question it, but he's been dialing up some amazing plays, wide open receivers. Good blocking schemes for the run game. He's, he's doing a good job. Where's Danny Gray and Mason uh, playing special teams? Danny Gray runs clear out routes. Jordan Mason gets carries at the end of the game when they're uh, when a fumble couldn't possibly lose the game. I don't know why they think he's going to fumble, but basically they don't want to trust rookies they don't have to. So they're playing special teams. Danny Gray had a great tackle on punt coverage. He really did. He really yeah. did. Black Caesar says not, Montana had three interceptions in the 1981 NFC Championship game. It's not how you start; it's how you finish. Yeah, I said that too. Good stuff. It's true. It's true. Um, again, the reason we always talked about with Jimmy is because he's a game manager. Can't be doing that if you're a game manager. Put Givens and Drake Jackson in more pressure. I want to um, see Drake Jackson. I don't know. I think Drake Jackson would be, I don't know, whatever it is about the 49ers and they don't want to use rookies. But, man, Drake Jackson, whenever he's in, he flashes, right? How many tip balls is that guy? He has to have the most tip balls per snap in the NFL right and now. And their right? pass rush hasn't been super great by the last, I mean, like, it wasn't. Yeah, all right. Um the defensive line's kryptonite. I think we've seen recently that the Niners' defense goes as the defensive line goes. Usually, it's utterly dominant, and quarterbacks, like, look at it. They respond to it like they're looking at Mike Tyson, and they're in the corner, and they're, like, almost crying. But recently, there have been games where the Niners' D-line hasn't been intimidating, hasn't been dominant, and hasn't been productive. Mm-hmm. And as a result, the Niners' defense looks vulnerable so it seems to me the Niners' defensive line, <laughs> surprise, a good offensive line. But not just a good offensive line, like a big, powerful one. Because I didn't even think the Raiders had a good, like a great offensive line. But the, it was big, and they could uh, double-team those D-tackles and move them around. I think Seattle did it too. They did a great job against Nick Bosa. Uh, how many teams have this kryptonite and can present it to the Niners? 
So I actually checked out some rankings for the Raiders offensive line, and they actually finished pretty well. They actually have a, a their offensive line was actually decent. Um, but I, you know, you where they rank it? Where they get ranked? According I'm to trying this. to remember, I was trying to find it. I wrote it down. Okay, here. I think it was. I think it was six. Okay. Okay. I think it was six. Somewhere around that range. So they had a pretty good offensive line, actually. But you can also get by with scheme. The key for the 49ers, if you want to beat the 49ers defense, you get your quarterback away from Nick Bosa. You chip block Nick Bosa. The defense goes with Nick Bosa. If Nick Bosa's having a good day, the defense is phenomenal. If he's having a bad day, these corners have to cover for long periods of time, and they're exposed a little bit. I mean, it's if you look at games where Nick Bosa didn't – like he didn't have a sack – Against the Seahawks, he didn't have a sack. Against the Raiders, and both those guys, I mean, not like the Seahawks went crazy, but the Raiders sure as hell did. And they learned to just roll out away from Nick Bosa's side, and then you guys got doubling, tripling, you know, chip blocking Nick Bosa. That's the key. If you take Nick Bosa out of the game, you have a chance against the 49ers defense. It's that simple. Yeah, and it's but it's more than that, too. So you got to be able to take Nick Bosa out of the game. You also got to be able to run the ball on the 49ers. Yeah. You have to be balanced and you got to uh, impose your will in that way. And so you have to have a good interior offensive line, too. And it's like. They don't have it. Philly has it. Yeah, Philly does. Dallas has it. Yeah. I don't know about. I don't know about. I don't know the Giants so well. I know they have the left tackle. I don't know what their right tackle. I don't know what the rest of their offensive line is like. Mm-hmm. But we even saw it against Kansas City. Kansas City has it. They have a very good offensive line, and the Niners' D-line was neutralized in that game. It's a big reason why they got shredded on defense in that game. So this is, again, it's on D'Amico. You're going to have to find a way to manufacture pressure. You can't just sit back and let this four-man pass rush because it's not not the one Salah had in 2019. There's no Buckner. There's no D. Ford. Eric Armstead had He has one sack this year, including the playoffs. Not the same guy he was in 2019, coming off a long absence. So you've got to have to be creative. We have no pressure up the middle at all, all, all season long. It's either Bosa or nothing, and that's the, been the problem. I Recently mean, at Menahue, God love him. Menahue, yeah, he's doing he's doing decent. I would like to yeah. again. I'd like to see Drake Jackson because I feel like when he's in, he flashes to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the 49ers had 44 sacks this year. What? How many did Bosa have? 19, 18 and a half. Yeah. That, that's almost half of the sacks that the 49ers have had. And honestly, most of the other sacks, probably a good half of the remaining sacks, came. Because of pressure from Nick Bosa. So the right. key is if you stop Nick Bosa, everything else is going to be a lot easier for you if you're another team coming going against the 49ers. Make him defend the run. Yeah. Make him defend the run mm-hmm. because he is a dominant pass rusher. But and he can be a very good run defender too, but not when he goes against the Chiefs. Yeah. Andy Reid makes him a liability as a run defender. So you have to be able to do all of that. And I, I don't know how many teams can. I don't know if Dallas can. I don't know if Tampa uh, Bay can. Tampa. Dal- Dallas has more of a chance of doing it than Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay doesn't even run. Exactly. That's what I'm saying about Tampa. Like yes. Leonard Fournette, yeah. Yes. Tony Pollard's good. Yes, Ezekiel Elliott's not. But no. Tony Pollard's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Saquon Barkley's great. Miles Sanders is good. We saw that the Chiefs did. The Chiefs ran the ball at will on the Niners with Isaiah Pacheco and their wide receivers. And they, uh, Protect, they neutralized Nick Bosa in that game. So they used his aggressiveness against him. That and again, that, that that concerns me. It feels like this is going to happen again to the Niners. And yeah. you, D'Amico has to have an answer for this. You can't just be like, well, you know, if 
if some team can sort of neutralize Bosa and, and run on us, we're screwed? Like, no. No, yeah. you, you got to be able to have an answer to this. And I think prob- the part the part of the problem is Bosa doesn't play all the snaps. Armstead doesn't play all the snaps. They do a lot of rotating defensive linemen. And that second team D-line, that's a green light to run the ball. When you have Hyder and McGill in there and yeah. Menehue at D-N, like, it's a green light. Run wherever you want. Something that bothers me is I don't know why they – Cut Spence. I don't know if they re-signed him to the practice squad. They probably did. But Spence against the commanders was pushing the interior offensive line back. Yeah. He was tremendous against the run. And I don't know why they got rid of him. To me, he flashed the most against the run of any interior D lineman I've seen all year. I don't know why they got rid of him. I think they also missed Ridgeway. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny, you know, they got Kinlaw back about a month ago. And I'm not saying it's his fault, but I think the defense – the run defense has kind of taken a dip. It's kind of coincided with his return. And it seems to me that he does play with the highest pad level of the D tackles. Armstead a little bit higher. But that's the one knock that that, that uh, D'Amico said about uh, yeah. getting long. But I will say, I think it was like third and two. In the, I think it was first quarter. TFL. TFL. Yeah, Ken Law. Beautiful play. Ken Law got in there and stopped that run really well. Beautiful play. For loss. That was huge. That was huge. Uh, Hayden Barry says, "I got your lemon pepper wings." All right, bring them over. Yes, Please, ah. some ranch. I need some ranch with that. Joe Mendoza says, "What's your thoughts on Seattle uh, three nose tackle defense?" Um, they they that's how they're built, right? They got Al Woods, they got uh, Puna Puna Ford. I mean, they've had those guys for a long time. We'll see them next year. That's my thoughts on them. Yeah, Double B Studio says, "Yeah, I tend to steal ideas and use them on other live shows." Thanks to y'all, I'm football smarter. A couple days ago, I had guys laughing at Decoy Samuel, and I stole that line. It's okay. Hey, steal, steal away. Can I you talk about Double B real quick, Grant? Yeah. Talk about Double B. So I had a contest giving away a jersey on my channel, and Double B has the closest prediction, but doesn't follow the freaking instructions. I'm still sending him a T-shirt, though, man. Shout I got to love that. Yeah. Good. Tony says Ryan has to pause that after saying a lot of tip balls. LOL, love the show, Grant. Grow up. <laughs> <laughs> the Astro Channel says Drake Jackson, Kinlaw, Armstead, Bosa should be the starting D line. Um, Drake Jackson's not particularly good against the run, and if you want to, if you, they'll run at him, that's why he's not playing. They will run at, they do run at him when he plays. Put him in third and long. Anthony Johnson says Hawks took Bosa out of the game and they still won. Yeah, because the Hawks suck. That's what that's what I'm saying. I, I, did the Niners adjust to the Hawks game plan, or, or did the Hawks just were they not good enough to do it for the full game? They were destined to lose that game, and destined. They, they did their best as long as they could, and then it just they became the Seahawks. Hayden Barry says, "Grant, I saw Armstead at Safeway. I said, stop ducking Grant Cohn. He got mad at me. That was my experience with Armstead. LOL. Really? <laughs> Tell me that's true. Eddie Marco says, the NFL wants defenses to play vanilla now. Well, that's so much fun. Mike H. says, the Niners are elite at second-half adjustments. Uh, on offense, for sure. I don't know how many adjustments D'Amico makes. Maybe. Last week, put some respect on Burner. I like Burner. Burner's got some good songs, and he's one hell of an entrepreneur. You don't know who Burner is. I don't know. I'm old. It's okay. Yeah. Ethan says, Niners are easily most impressive so far from this round. Purdy QB won in the NFC. Dak leads the league in interceptions with five games missed, uh, and Brady yeah. is immobile. It's true. He missed five games and has thrown 15 picks. How did you do that? Yeah, that's bad. Brady's immobile, but he they still, the Niners still couldn't sack him. That's the thing about him. Stephen Pryor says, here's another scenario people aren't talking about. Doug P's Jags potentially taking care of his mentor, Andy Reid, and KC. They are heating up at the right time. My final four are SF, New York Giants, Jackson, Cincy. Wow. 
Wow, Jacksonville makes it to all the way there. That's amazing. Baltimore should have won last night. It all came down to that stupid call. It felt like they were a, a, like a. It felt like they were a yard and a half out, and Greg Roman called a quarterback sneak on second down, third, third down. Pissed me off. You think they give Lamar a big contract? No, I don't I think don't. so either. I don't think they should either. I'm um, sorry, but I, I I'm basically against giving out quarter. Uh, Contracts to quarterbacks who aren't legit top three or maybe top five. Mm-hmm. And Lamar, I mean, especially if you're running a lot, it's dangerous. Yeah, yeah. James Jones, thank you very much. Cap Low E and T. Hey, sorry I'm late. Put the put their video over yours. So I went there. Video. Let's go. Someone put their video over yours. So I went there into their video. Let's go. BP three. Who would do such a thing? All right. <laughs> Are you concerned about Trevarius Ward? He didn't have a good game against DK, but he's had a good season the rest of the way. I, I'm not. I think it all boils down to pass rush. I mean, Traverius Ward is Traverius Ward. He's a solid corner in the NFL. He's had a very solid season, you know, except for maybe the Chiefs um, and, and against the Seahawks. Really what it boils down to is what we've been talking about uh, all show is really the defense. The defense has to apply pressure. I think Traverius Ward is 100% serviceable. Uh, even Lenore, man, he's serviceable. But the key is you got to apply that pressure on the quarterback. If you don't do that, then they become regular type dudes, and it's just tough. Yeah, I'm a little concerned about Traverius. Here's why. Let me say why. He um, he had a great year, but he didn't get targeted a lot. He played on a defense with a great front seven that made his job easier. Mm-hmm. And Mosley went down, so there was a green light on the other side that people were kind of focused on. In the process, he talked a lot of crap. He's a lot of fun, but he does talk a lot like he's the man. Mm-hmm. And he plays like it too. Like he gets right in the guy's face. He plays press man coverage. He shows guys no respect. They He shadows them across the field. He's supposed to be, you know, Jalen Ramsey on this team or whatever, Dion. So he's playing that way in this game against DK. And was it the did he give up a long one before he gave up the touchdown? A back shoulder? I don't know. I forget. Anyway, he gives up that so he gets the 50-yard touchdown. Gets smoked too. Gets beat down the line, tries to find the ball, looks the wrong way, gives up even more just gets smoked. The rest of the game I felt like he lost his nerve. And Kyle Shanahan said what I liked is he didn't back down after that. I thought he did. I thought he started playing off. I thought he started giving up a lot of short catches, and he was like, I'm not going to get embarrassed like that. So I'm a little concerned. I felt like he might not be as dominant as he acts, and as he, you know, he might have been the kind of, like, basically the bully who got smacked in the face and back down. That's what I saw. And now he's going to have to, you know, go up against other really good wide receivers better than DK. And is he going to be playing passive? Or is he going to get back up in their faces like he was earlier in the season? I'm a little concerned about Traverius Ward. So for me, I'm not any more concerned about Traverius than I am Huff or Gibson or Lenore. And I think I think he's the best covered DB out of all of those guys. It's just, again, when there's not pressure on the quarterback and you're making him have to cover top-end wide receivers for long periods of time, he's going to struggle. I mean – DK Metcalf is a good wide receiver. Now, if you think about Charvarius, they played the Seahawks three times this year. Charvarius won two out of three of those matchups. Mm-hmm. He just lost this one on Saturday. Right. Um, in the playoffs. So, yeah, in the playoffs. But being a corner, being a corner is tough, man. It's really hard 
to play that position and you're not going to win every matchup. I just think the difference was the D line and Bosa were not getting to the quarterback. And I think they relied on that all year. Now they all might be a little slightly overrated because of this D line. Um, and when the D line is not getting home, then they kind of come back to earth a little bit, but he doesn't concern me more than Lenore or Huff or Gibson in that regard. Well, certainly, but I, I guess I'm just concerned in the sense that like, what did what did Kansas City know about him? Why didn't they want to bring him back? Like he had a great season. He had two couple of really good seasons for Kansas City, but then and he like he had games for Kansas City where he would shut down AJ Brown. Like he's in the past has done good things against guys he might face coming up, but then in the playoffs last year in the AFC Championship game he got absolutely destroyed by Jamar Chase and the Chiefs lost and they didn't bring him back. And I I wonder like is he is he the kind of guy who isn't ready for the big moment. I know he's won a Super Bowl, but he didn't really. He got. He beat. He beat Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, yeah. what's going to happen if he's facing a quarterback like Mahomes or Josh Allen? I mean, Mahomes went after him too. The Chiefs were not scared of Traverius Ward. The Seahawks were not scared of Traverius Ward. Teams have been scared of Traverius Ward. I, I wonder if teams look at this tape and they're thinking, I mean, we got an elite wide receiver. Why are we scared of him? Yeah, I think. I think Traverius. The thing about Lenore Traverius, played better than Ward last week. He did. Yeah, he, he did. Good for him. Yeah, I think I think the thing about Tarverius Ward is that I've never seen him as a top five corner. I never saw right. him that way. Right. I think a lot of people have. Um, I saw him as I don't think Kansas City saw him that way. Sorry. Yeah, I don't think Kansas City either. But I think he's definitely serviceable. I think he's a good corner. Oh yeah. Um, it's just he looks great when you have the defensive line getting after. He's going to be taking. He but like. In the playoffs, I think he's going to be shadowing the best receivers. He did that with DK. Yeah, He's probably going to have to do it with CeeDee Lamb this weekend if they play Dallas, or it'll be Mike Evans. And then the week after that, it'll be either A.J. Brown. So it's like, this is supposed to be the Niners' ace up their sleeve, though, still. Yeah. And he's going to get very difficult assignments still. And I wonder, like, is he shook? Is he well, shook? Because yeah. as, as we know, there ain't no such thing as halfway crook. So he's going to have to figure out whether he's a full-way crook or a no-way crook. Because right now he's looking pretty halfway to me. Well, I mean, it, 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 the memo's been out for a few weeks now. How you beat the 49ers is deep in the passing game, and that hasn't changed. I think um, I feel like these corners have just been, you know, they, they, had it easy all year. And now they're like, yeah. oh, wow, D-line isn't get, making our job easy. we got to defend deep balls? Damn! Yeah. This that's sucks. 100%, that's 100% accurate, man. It, that's 100% accurate. It's the, the D-line, and not only that, the front seven in general just playing lights out has made the four guys in the back made their life a Look whole great. Yeah. You're telling me Hafunga's an all-pro? I'm sorry. Good player, nice story. Like got a good season as well. Yeah. Slow. But, yeah, I feel yeah. you on that. I feel you on yeah. that. Ethan says top four highest paid quarterbacks missed the playoffs. That is true. And I've been talking about this for years. It was trending this direction. Every year, quarterbacks get more expensive relative to the cap, percentage-wise. It was going to happen. This was going to happen. And it's crippling franchises. And what's interesting is no quarterbacks in their 30s are in the playoffs. Those are the wow. most overpaid ones. The guys yeah. on contracts two and three. They're, none, they're all in their 20s. And if Brady makes it, it'll be one guy in his 40s. Otherwise, it'll be all dudes in their 20s. And the that league goes is to show you. It's kind of like these DBs. Like it's kind of like these DBs. It's complimentary. Like the DBs look really good. They're make, they're all pro, Huff got all pro, but a lot of that is because of who they have around them. It's the team in general makes everyone look better, and that's what the DBs have benefited from. For the last twenty years, though, th throughout this for, forever, really, the the um, 
thought process in the NFL is get the quarterback. He'll make everyone else better. Spend mm-hmm. 15% of your cap on a quarterback. He'll make everyone else better. That's a myth. Yeah. Maybe if you have a top three quarterback, he'll make other players better. But really what you want to do is have the team make the quarterback better. Yeah. And the way yeah. you do that in a salary cap league is to spend nothing on the quarterback because it's the most expensive position, spend on everything else, and then you end up with a guy like Brock Purdy leading the league in pass rating. Or and, Tua. And, and that's part of the reason, again, everybody hates when I say stuff like this, but that's part of the reason when I look at Brock Purdy, name a quarterback in the NFL that has a better situation than Brock Purdy when it comes there to – There isn't one. There is not one. There is not yeah. one. There yeah. isn't one. Yeah. And which is why it's so perfect. It's why you don't want to mess with this. He's making 900 k a year. He's 23. Mm-hmm. He's locked into this salary for the next few seasons. This is the Niners' formula. And, yeah. I, you know, just like it was the, the Seahawks' formula with Russell Wilson when he was young, it all changed when they started paying him, and they probably shouldn't. And we're going to talk about that later a little bit. But right now, the Niners' formula is a quarterback who can function for cheap. They found the guy. The Seahawks should be so lucky. Detroit should be so lucky. Dallas should be so lucky. Yeah, it's it's it is the uh, the holy grail yeah. of NFL football. Anthony You're Johnson right. says it's holy people should follow the Grant Cohn game plan as GMs for a long time now, and they'd be wouldn't be in this situation. Dude, D- Denver screwed up. Arizona screwed yeah. up. Yeah. Cleveland screwed up. Yeah. Anthony Johnson says, "Does anyone else find it strange that Kittle, Usechek, and CMC always bring up Jimmy interviews? Yes, like they can't handle the breakup. Yes, yeah. it's a little weird. Let it go." Let it go. Mike H, 60 second half points allowed in the last 11 games. Okay. I'm being so – so there is no concern. Okay, man. Hey. Hey, maybe I'm wrong. Kim Ferrison says, do you Brock – do you think Brock hit his ceiling or close to it? Um, I think it's unfair to say that about a 23-year-old quarterback. I think he can physically mature even a little bit, get a stronger arm and get better. But I also think at the same time, defenses are going to be learning his tendencies and – I think I think part of the reason why Brock Purdy is so successful is as a rookie is because he's closer to his ceiling than a lot of rookies. Like he's yeah. way closer than Trey Lance is to his ceiling, right? And so I think that's part of the reason why you see his success. Now that doesn't mean he's at his ceiling. I think he can definitely improve. And I think in the past people used to be like, "Oh, well he's he doesn't have a high ceiling. He's already so developed. That's a bad thing." Now I think it's almost a good thing because what you want is to take advantage of the rookie contract. You want, the high floor. you want, the, you high want floor. the high floor. You want a guy who can play right away on a great team. Yeah. And unfortunately for Trey, that's not what he was. Trey was supposed to be Josh Allen. And there's always a place for a guy who can become an elite quarterback. But that's a process. Like, that's the Joel Embiid. you got to trust the process. The Niners didn't. And most teams can't. There's a, there's a short timeline. So all of a sudden, teams are going to be looking for. On teams like the 49ers, you want a high floor. You do. You know, on the Jaguars, you want that high ceiling probably. And the best thing about it is Purdy is such a better – he's a better athlete than Mac Jones. He's a better player than Mac Jones. Mac Jones can't move like Purdy. Yeah. Better skill set. Only yeah. thing Mac Jones has over him is height. <laughs> We're missing Mosley, says Alex. Yeah, no that's doubt. key. Yeah. No doubt. I hope they bring him back. I hope he makes a full recovery. Anoop says, when was the last time the Niners had a coverage sack? When they had Mosley. <laughs> they used to have so many with Mosley. Yeah. More worried about the other ward hitting quarterbacks. Yeah, Jimmy, man. What's up, dog? What was that? I used to QC Jimmy hard, but I like Jimmy a lot, so I don't. I don't. Yeah. But come on, Jimmy, you're like you're blitz 31. Jimmy. Blitz Jimmy Ward, please, Blitz Jimmy. Do you think Lenore being uh, short hurts him? It doesn't help. He's like a five ten corner. You know, it's better to be five eleven. But 
I think his ball skills hurt him more than his height. Jason Fred's 5'9". Online not used to BP scrambling and they stopped blocking. It is new. Although is I new. thought they did a great job blocking on that. My favorite play from Brock Purdy when he hit BA in the back of the corner. I think it was actually McGlinchey was still in the block as he was scrambling. I thought it was good. G-Code Travel says, did Jimmy Ward own up to on his penalty late hit? I don't know. I was in the interview room, not the locker room. Lawless Light says, media keeps fading B.A. B.A. moves the chains. Debo, Kittle, CMC make explosives. But remember, chains have to be moved first. I think B.A. gives explosives too. He had a lot of those play-action catches down the field. I don't. It's, it's Kyle who's always given him like, you know, constructive criticism. But he's really good. All right. He's the most consistent, underrated player on the offense Brandon Ayuk. All right. Let's talk about the Trey Lance thing. I know this is a very uncomfortable topic, and I think what's interesting about it is I don't know the right thing to do. I have a feeling I know the right thing to do, I but think. it's still – it's still okay, fair enough. <laughs> um, yeah. It's still early. We don't really know what Brock is. But I guess the hypothetical is let's say Brock continues to do what he does and doesn't have a big stinker, mm-hmm. and um, he's a starter next year. In that case, would Trey Lance have more value to the team as the backup quarterback or as a trade chip? For me, it's 100% no question he needs to stay with the team and be a backup quarterback. Having a $10 million quarterback room is still very cheap, even if Trey Lance is responsible for 90% 90 of that. It's true. We're on our third quarterback. Brock Purdy is the the third quarterback of this year. If that doesn't tell you that you need a top-notch backup, which I believe Trey Lance is, I think he could be a starter in this league. To me, it's no question you keep Trey Lance around because the odds are at some point next year we're going to see him again, even if Brock Purdy starts the season as the starter. It's just what we've seen. for How many how many seasons has Kyle Shanahan had a, a quarterback play all 17 games? One. And it was a 16-game season. You're right. And I don't think that – Finding a backup quarterback at Trey Lance's level is that easy. I really don't. So to me, it's no question. You need to see Trey Lance and Brock Purdy play out this next season. And then at that time, you can consider whether or not you need to trade one or two of them. And I also, the, the, another reason, Grant, is because 49ers invested a lot in him. And I'm not 100%, unlike 99% of 49 fans, I'm not 100% sold on Brock yet. I still want to see him finish this postseason. Um, and I also want to see what happens next season. The sophomore slump is a thing as well. So I think we, are, we have a great opportunity to have two high-end young quarterbacks for under $10 million a year, and I think that's what you stick with. I'm pretty sold on Brock. Um now, I'm not saying I would give him like a huge contract extension in three years, oh, but on this team, at this contract, I, I, they're not going to have to get rid of players to keep him around. I think it's going to work. I think he's the guy. So I'm looking at Trey Lance's no fault of his own. He may end up being a better quarterback down the line than, than Brock Purdy, but I just don't see how he gets on the field here. So he's the backup, at least if, if, until something changes. And a backup is important, but let's say, let's do it this way. I don't know what he's worth in a trade. It's possible he's not worth much. I don't know. I would think he because, would, personally. Let's, what do you think he's worth? I think there's there's a team out there. I mean, the Niners spent three firsts on him two years ago. What has changed since then? He just got hurt, right? I played. think there's a team out there that would give a first for Trey Lance. I do believe that. Oh, damn. Okay, so let's say that the Niners could get a first. I'm thinking a second. At my, but, hey, maybe they get a first. Let's say they make that trade. 
and they get the first for a late first, whatever, for Trey Lance. They have the pick. Do they spend that pick on a quarterback or another position? I think the 49ers' number one need is tackle. Okay, I agree. I agree. So you spend that pick on offensive tackle, cornerback, right? So that kind of, to me, proves that what he's more valuable as a trade chip than as a backup because if you traded him you wouldn't spend that on another quarterback you would get a quarterback in round set you would you would use the Brock Purdy blueprint you'd say hey whoever found Brock Purdy Brian Greasy Clay Kubiak Steve Slowick whatever you guys the same things you were looking for get get let's get get a similar guy in round seven or two and we can okay. sign a guy we can hedge our bets but if we're trading Trey Lance and getting this first round pick we're gonna get a starter that's the whole thing here is that Trey He's making $9 million next year to be a backup. It's the eighth highest cap hit on the team. You could trade him for a pick, get a starter who's worth $9 million a year, and get a backup, two, three backup quarterbacks as well. That's the calculation. Now, I still I understand it's complicated because Brock Purdy could fall back to earth. Brock Purdy could be a total fugazi. Um, Trey Lance could end up being better than Brock. Trey, uh, Brock could get hurt. All those things are true. Uh, but if you don't trade Trey now, Okay, let's say you don't do what I just said, mm-hmm. and you hold on to trade just for all the reasons you said, and then but Brock, you know, d- stays basically the same and maybe misses a game or two, but it's still his job. The Niners eventually would have to not pick up Trey Lance's fifth year option and then trade him next year, and then I don't know if you'd be getting a first round pick for Trey when he's been on the bench essentially for four years. So these are all part of the calculation, and what's again, I, I don't really know what the right thing to do is here. I think they're not going to trade. I think I know it's not going to happen. What's not going to happen is they're not going to trade him. Yeah. They're not going. It's not going to happen. But I do think they should talk about it, man, because they. It's the same thing as the Jimmy thing. They waited. They, they waited too long with Jimmy and essentially got nothing. There is a there is a situation here where they get nothing for Trey Lance and he just leaves in two years. And I think that isn't what you want if you already can see into the future that Brock's your guy. That's all I'm saying. I guess talk for five minutes. You go. No, no, it's great. I think so. I think. And I'm glad that we have different opinions about this. Um, I think it's I think it's great. Uh, but what I'll say is, we're assuming that Brock Purdy is going to be able to stay healthy, and we the 49ers have not had a good history of that. The other thing that I I don't think it's as easy to find Brock Purdy as maybe you think it is. I don't think it's that easy. I I think the 49ers got pretty damn lucky with Brock Purdy. I, if it was that easy to find quarterbacks in late rounds. We would have seen it happen a lot more often. Can I say what the Brock Purdy blueprint is? Yeah. Accurate. Uh, don't have to be big. Accurate, experienced, mobile. Well, Because what happens is you're getting placed on a better team than your college team. Yeah. And it, in a sense, it's going to be easy for you if you, don't, if you know what you're doing. You don't have to have a high ceiling. The high ceiling is the is Christian McCaffrey, Debo, Samuel, Brandon, Ayuk, yada, 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 yada. You just have to know what you're doing and be not a project whatsoever and be somewhat – Competent, like Brock Purdy checks all those boxes. To me, the quarterback at UCLA checks those boxes too. Uh, 23-year-old, four-year starter, completed 69% of his passes. Nice. And good athlete. I feel like uh, Tyler Huntley checks those boxes. Gardner Minshew checks those boxes. Like, there are so many quarterbacks who are experienced, cheap, young, that you could bring into this team and will probably look pretty. To your point, right? How many quarterbacks would look as good as Brock Purdy right now on this team? Not C.J. Beathard or Nick Mullins, but... A lot of guys. Well, there's lot of guys. there's there's one thing that 
you haven't mentioned that makes Brock Purdy why Brock Purdy is so good. And it's in here. And I, I don't know if you can see that until it's here. Right. Sure. A lot of a lot of times you might see all those things. And when they come to the NFL, it's a different speed, right? And that pressure and the speed of it is very different for a lot of people. It's true. Brock Brock Purdy has that mentality that you just can't see until you put him out there. Unless Brian Greasy can see it. And maybe he can. I don't maybe. know, man. Yeah. Part of me feels like, hey, man, if you could do this, can we do this like again every year? Because well, here's what you do. Why not? Why yeah. not? Why not keep Trey Lance and try to do it again this year, anyways, and see That's if you point. can. You That's know what I mean? Point. And That's if they can, point. then hell, you, by all means. Actually, yes, that they should. They really should. You you should have three young quarterbacks on your team at all times. Yeah. I also like Tyler Huntley. I feel like he's kind of he played it three years at Utah, completed seventy percent of his passes. He's a lot like uh, DTR. He's a lot like DTR. He's a little bit older. Um, I hate Greg Roman's offense with passion, and I think Lamar and and Tyler Huntley need to get the hell out of there. Get on a team with some freaking wide receivers and an actual uh, NFL scheme. So, yeah. um, man, there's some there's some interesting young cheap backups out there, and mm-hmm. I feel like what sucks with Trey is Trey shouldn't be a backup. Trey should yeah. be a starter. He should yeah. get to go somewhere and play, but that's really not the Niners' fault or, or their problem. For Trey Lance, the best thing would be to get traded. But for a 49er fan and for the 49ers, I think the best thing is to keep him. The last thing about him is that as a backup, he isn't necessarily the ideal one, even though he was great against the Texans. And maybe if the Niners' offense is in sync, he can be just fine. And he did run the Niners' offense that day. But other times, Kyle's changed the entire offense for him. And um, what else? Uh, yeah, he runs an entirely different offense. Than, if, a team uh, was, if a team was to trade for Trey Lance, which team would be the best situation for Trey Lance? It's a tough question. Most likely a team with a young coach who would have some time. Yeah. A team that's going to play him. And a team that maybe there's not too much media like scrutiny if they lose at first. I don't know. How about Miami? How about Mike McDaniel building up Trey Lance? What do you think about that? Tua had too much success. If Trey Lance doesn't kill it right away, everyone's going to be like, what about Tua? I'm thinking a team like the Raiders or Minnesota, a team where like everyone's just not – the quarterback has to go and there's no nostalgia. Mm -hmm. And anyone that comes in, the the fan base is going to be like, yes! We're, yeah. we're committed, you know what I mean? Not like oh, one foot in, one because the Niners are always one foot in, one foot out with Trey. Colts. Yeah. The Colts, yeah, someone that's just all in. Whoever yeah. it is has to be all in. The Niners never were. Yeah, the, the, the Bills were all in with Josh Allen in a way that a lot of teams wouldn't have been. Yeah, you know, so yeah. it's got to be that. And to at least Trey is still really young. He's younger than a lot of these quarterbacks. He's got younger. He's way younger than Will Levis. Whatever you. Yeah, at some point, I think Trey Lance, whether it's on the Niners or some other team, I think he's going to get his opportunity, and I think he's going to be good. That's what I think is, is going to be interesting. That might be Trey Lance's trade value right there. So Will Levis is supposed to be the toolsy project Josh Allen in the draft, right? But he's 24. So if you want a toolsy project, do you want the dude who was kind of mediocre at Kentucky for a while or Trey Lance, who's two years younger and hasn't played in a while? Give me yeah. Trey. So yeah. I guess wherever Will ends up going, if he's late first, early second, that's kind of Trey's value right there, mm-hmm. I would think. So which yeah. is kind of what we decided, like right in that yeah. 25 to 50 range, 25 yeah. to 35 range, something like that. Yeah. 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 Yep. Game time says if you play quarterback the right way, it don't matter uh, if they're a book on you. 
Well, it could matter for the play caller in terms of tendencies. 41 points in the rain, no rain, Sunday equals 48. It really wasn't raining. (laughs) Kevin says, Grant, is it annoying when I type like this? Because it's how your mic sounds. (laughs) QC for QC, love the content. I know, I know. I need to buy a new mic like today. Maybe I will. JT, new member. Thank you very much. Is this how your mic sounds in my face? How long would Brock last if he was used like Trey? Not long. And to, <laughs> to Kyle's credit, he doesn't use him like that. Yeah. Jordan yeah. Matthew says, what quarterback is better than Lance in this year's draft? Uh, Four Niners get a first for him this year and build around Brock. Well, I would think that every NFL team would currently have Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud as you know ranked ahead of Trey Lance in terms of value. They're young. I mean, they've played more. They've had more success. Well, if Trey Lance was coming out of the draft now. But he's not. Trey hasn't played in three years. Trey hasn't played extended football since 2019, since before the pandemic. Yeah. The pandemic just ruined his entire career. Well, I don't know if it's ruined it, but it's it's slowed it down. Yeah, ruined is the wrong word. But it really set it back for three years. Yeah. Uh, Lawless Light says, I don't see how having both helps us next year when it comes down to the locker room. Clearly will be another distraction to the locker room, divisive maybe. I don't think it's going to be that divisive, unfortunately. I really feel like Trey never think, had it. Yeah. yeah. I, I honestly think the locker room is behind Brock, but I think that works in his favor. I almost I almost think it's better for Trey if he comes in as the backup next year because if, if he makes starter next year, the fans, a lot of the team, I don't think they're going to support that decision. I think Trey's best opportunity is if he comes in, Brock gets hurt or – stalls or doesn't play like he does and then trey can come in and do his thing i can see trey wanting to stay in the sense that it's it's such a loaded team that if he ever gets his opportunity here he could be better than brock and he's probably thinking that he's probably thinking watching these games like yeah brock's doing great i could do this everyone's wide open when he was playing the offense was still figuring it out so maybe he thinks like you know if brock doesn't win the super bowl this year he'll be the starter next year but there'll be such high expectations there's a possibility you can't replicate him he takes a step back he misses some time i come in everyone likes me you know i could be brock next year that could happen seriously yeah, yeah i could yeah. i mean nobody who like honestly everyone thinks they can predict next year i see a lot of that but who predicted that brock Purdy was going to be exactly the- we couldn't predict this year yeah. Art Martinez says, what's up, fellas? Maybe a stupid question, but does D'Amico fly to each location or does he Zoom his interviews? It would be nice if the NFL just waited after the Super Bowl to start interviewing. I don't know. Yeah. I would think he goes. This is, I mean, I know they did Zooms during the pandemic, but these are some serious hires with a lot of money on the line. Yeah. Rob says, Cowboys are the better matchup. Brady's going to take all the opportunities our defense gives him. Prescott might as well, but it'll also give our defense at least three opportunities to turn the ball over. Yes. And I don't think you're going to beat the Niners turning the ball over. I just don't. They're too good on offense. I mean, look at the numbers. When you turn the when 49ers win the turnoff battle, they win. I think they're undefeated. Trey would be great in Tennessee or Pittsburgh. Stable situation, good coaching, solid defenses. Ah, love the coach. See, I don't know if Tennessee would give up on Malik Willis already, although he hasn't looked that good. Um, Pittsburgh is a great call. Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh is a great. great call. Yeah. Perfect for him. They got uh, Kenny Pickett, but. I don't know. I don't know. Pittsburgh. Uh, Kenny Pickett's the hometown hero, right? He went to college there, went to high school there. I don't He's know old. Gonna, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if they're going to go. Real quick. Kenny Pickett stats. Look, real quick. I, I, I just want to know. What did Kenny Pickett do this year? Uh, he's almost 25. This year, he he um he was 7-5. and five. He was, his court record was 76. Yeah, I mean, Nothing I kind of like that. I kind of like that for Trey Lance. 
Pittsburgh. Yeah, that'd be great for Trey. I just don't know if they're gonna move off Pickett so quickly, but maybe. Again, the Niners aren't gonna. Tra- I just want to make that real clear. I, yeah. Probably upsetting some Niner fans right now. They're, they're not, not gonna sure. trade Trey. No. It's not gonna happen. It's just something I'm talking about, like talking about trading George Kittle. It's not gonna happen. The <laughs> Niners don't take my advice. They really don't. <laughs> Mike H says if 2023 had 2020 level injuries, can BP carry them? Probably. I don't know. Maybe mm. not. But fortunately, he's not being asked to do that. At this time, Eduardo says trade the Falcons. They wanted Trey when he came out of the draft. I think if, if the 49ers didn't get Trey Lance, I think the Falcons were going to grab him. So, yeah, that, that, yeah, it could be them. Although they could just draft a quarterback this year, though. Yeah. Trey with the Raiders and Adams wish him the best. No, I, Adams I, I does make want, anyone's job better. No, I feel bad for Trey already. I don't want him to go to the Raiders. That's only worse. Fernando. Fernando. That's it. Fernando. I'm tired. I can't do it right now. I slept all day yesterday. Yeah. All right. Let's end on a positive. Mm-hmm. I know you're not 100% sold on Brock Purdy yet, but I think what's interesting is every week we see him play, Yeah. Uh, our perception of him changes a little bit. Maybe he gets a little bit more accurate. And early on, we were com- like, the comparison game is fun. Who does he remind you of? And he's gotten everyone from Taylor Heineke to Joe Montana and Patrick Mahomes and everyone in between. But if you had to give the best comparison for Brock right now, after what six, seven, eight games, mm-hmm. who would be in your mind? I thought about this for a while. It's 2014. Russell Wilson without the deep ball. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, Russell yeah. Wilson. Yes, and we always we we did not talk about this before the, before the show. Yeah, he doesn't have Russell Wilson's deep ball. He doesn't mm-hmm. have Russell Wilson's velocity, um, but. He's kind of short, like not as short as Russell, but kind of short like him, quick mm-hmm. like him, wants to get outside the pocket. And I think the main, to me, like it's financial. Like once you put Russell Wilson, the third round pick, making whatever he was making on that team, they were a juggernaut. Like they, they were as good as a salary tap, a salary cap team could be. They yeah. went to the Super Bowl and won 43 to eight. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. And then the next year probably should have won back to back, but. Pete Carroll did what he did at the goal line. So, yeah. they're, I mean, they're as big of a juggernaut as any any salary cap team ever. And it's mm-hmm. because of Russell Wilson, how good he was for such a cheap price, how mobile he how big of a playmaker he was. Yeah. Then he got paid and, and the team fell apart. But, and that could happen to the Niners in four years. Yeah. But for right now, he ha- is having a Russell Wilson-esque impact on this team. They could yeah. go to the Super Bowl and win 43-8. to eight. This team has been doing stuff like that recently. Yeah. Let me, let me make my position on Brock Purdy clear, too. Uh, me not being sold on Brock Purdy doesn't mean I don't like what I see from Brock Purdy. My question is, can he continue to do what he's doing? If he continues to do what he's doing, I'm 100% sold on Brock Purdy. That's just my question. Russell Wilson couldn't continue to do what he was doing. I mean, once he got paid and was expected to carry the team, he didn't. The team carried him, in a sense. And it's like the Niners are carrying Brock. Uh, it's just that if a quarterback can do these things at that he's the MVP. So it's, yeah. a, it's a weird balance, but that's what it is right now. The way he creates off script, the way he's so elusive uh, and the way he can see the field reminds me of Russell Wilson during his Super Bowl run in 2014. Yeah. The only thing I think he doesn't have, he just doesn't have the deep ball that, that Russell Wilson does, but I don't think got he got a better one than his predecessor though. Yes. And I don't think he needs it. And I think honestly, like it, in order for the 49ers to win a Super Bowl, all they've needed is somebody that was better than Jimmy. And they got that. Yep. To me, they got that. Yep. Yeah. And he's and he's like 10 times cheaper. Yeah. 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 It, 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 it feels like when the when the Seahawks went from 
uh, Tavares Jackson and Matt Flynn to Russell Wilson. It's a huge yeah. difference. He's cheaper. He's younger. He's better. That's yeah. huge. Yeah. That's it. Uh, Russell That's Wilson. It. Russell, That's it, Russell Wilson. Wilson. Super Bowl's coming. And Russell Wilson's a very controversial quarterback because of the way his career has gone. He got really rich. He became kind of a weirdo. Not a weirdo, but a little bit of a diva. Seems like a lot of people, his teammates don't like him. The Seahawks really couldn't stand him. He's embarrassing himself in Denver. But the first three years of his career, holy shit, he was unstoppable on that team. Yeah. Holy shit. And that's how Purdy looks right now. A little unstoppable. The main I don't like Russell Wilson is just because he took Sierra off the market and I thought I might have a chance. <laughs> no, not really. Her goodies were not your goodies. They were not <laughs> your goodies. Wallace Light says, do you gather good questions from your show to quote uh, possibly be the topic of reference on other shows you create? If so, I love it. Of course I do. I do two shows a day. I need to take ideas wherever I can get them. So thank you. If turnovers go the other way, BP loses big and ugly. Well, that's football. Yeah. It could happen. It could happen. It's a little luck, man. He's and gotten a little lucky. He's bringing lucky number 13, and let's let's keep it going. <laughs> Scott Alexander, two pounds. Thank you very much. Niners faithful. I agree with Grant. Getting, uh, I agree with Grant getting better team first and spending no more than 10% of salary cap on quarterback. Let others pay 40, 50 on a quarterback to damage other teams' caps. Yeah. 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 Grant's Absolutely. Grant's been saying that for what, two, three years at least? Yeah. And people were like, well, there's no evidence that you're right, Grant, because how many quarterbacks on rookie deals have won the Super Bowl? Well, for a while, it had just been Flacco and Wilson and Mahomes. But you're starting to see, I feel like this was, you could see it coming. Yeah. Quarterbacks were getting too expensive. And I don't know what, I keep trying to make like a, an analogy to real life stuff that you pay for. But it's like, imagine your biggest expense in your life that you one day realized you didn't have to spend anymore. Like, why am I doing this? I yeah. could get that, and it's nothing. This is all of my rent. This is all of my salary, uh, my salary, yeah, monthly like salary. Cable. This is nothing. Cable. Like cable or Why am I paying for this? Exactly. Yeah. yeah, just get Roku. You're good. Just get Roku. And it's the same thing, and it's like, oh, wow, my, my quality of living just went way up. Yeah. That's what yeah. These, these teams are doing. Like, I, I don't have to spend through the nose on the most. Because I think what people hear, people realized about 20 years ago that running backs are a dime a dozen. Running yeah. backs are very important. But they're also a dime a dozen. So yeah. even though you need a good running back, you can find them. Mm-hmm. Quarterbacks are a dime a dozen too. Now, elite ones aren't, but good ones, yeah. they come out of college all the time. They're in the seventh round, the sixth round. I mean, colleges throw the ball a lot. Quarterbacks are a dime a dozen. So unless you have Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Trevor Lawrence, don't reach for one. Freaking don't reach for Zach Wilson. Don't reach for Mac Jones. Don't reach because a guy, Jalen Hurts is waiting in round two. Brock Purdy's waiting in round seven if you're good and you know what you're looking for. You can find these guys. Don't reach. Do not reach. Because teams reach all the time and then you're the Jets. Oh, damn it. I, I'm fired. Well. And all they got to be is top 14, top 12. And if you, you have a good You can make them look better than they are. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. can make them look better than they are. So. It's a big one. Sudden Chaos says, if BP is so cheap, means there wouldn't be a big hit like Lance if we trade him. What if we trade BP and keep Lance? There is a lot of BP hype right now. They say anyone can be under center for this offense. I'm against it, but hey, just in terms of a discussion, what is Brock Purdy worth in a trade right now after that playoff performance? What's he worth? Well, the attractiveness about trading Brock Purdy is what you spent for him versus what you can get for him. Mm -hmm. I think Brock Purdy's shown that he can get as much as Trey Lance right now. If you trade him right now, 
you can get a, a low first for Brock Purdy. But why wouldn't you be able to get a first? I would venture to guess that he's worth more in, in a trade right now than Trey Lance. Well, yeah, I mean, a lot of people, I mean, look at what he's doing. He's exactly. got a ton of value and you, you spend a seventh for him. So he, he can give you the most value back for your investment. Uh, when when <laughs> Jimmy had his run in 2017, I wrote at the time that they should trade him. I said, this guy is not it. He's ha- he's worth like three first-round picks in a trade right now. Cash in. Ooh, I'm proud of that. I'm not yeah. right about a lot, but when I am right, I want to mention it. <laughs> Rob says, Grant, ask Kyle why he thinks the Niners have had a slow start and haven't been able to play to their potential for a full four quarters and if he thinks that will affect them going forward in the playoffs. Yeah, it's a good question. To me, the 49ers are a great team. They're also an arrogant and entitled team. I'm sorry. They've been this way since they lost the Super Bowl. They partied after they lost the Super Bowl. They called themselves the best team in the league after they lost the Super Bowl. Their attitude was that it's just one game. Fluke things happen. They were the best. They didn't have to prove it. And they carry themselves like they're champions and they can flip a switch and the teams are afraid of them. And it it's the main thing that bugs me about this team. I don't think you're allowed to, to act that way. And I think actually like if you believe in karma and football gods, like they will punish you. For acting that way, you got to be humble, keep your head down until you win the freaking Super Bowl. They haven't done it yet. Yeah, four quarters. QC. Yeah. Jonathan says, Did y'all talk about Purdy getting mad at BA for not finishing his route for a moment? I think BA got a Jimmy flashback. Yeah. Kyle liked it. We talked, we asked Kyle about it, and he said, uh, Purdy was right. Mm-hmm. Mike H., worst weather game the Niners played in the last four years 2019 at Washington, 2019 at Baltimore, 2021 versus Indy, 2022 at Chicago. I think the Washington game, that was the whole game. Yeah, it was tough. It was tough. Jorge, is it me or are the Niners the least flawed among the remaining playoff teams? Why not us, Fernando? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we keep talking about the Niners' defense like it's, like it's a problem, but I don't see any good defenses in, in, in the uh, playoffs right now, unless I'm missing one. I think from a roster standpoint, Philly and the 49ers have the best two rosters in the NFL. I agree. You know why? Chiefs quarterback rooms. Quarterback, yeah. Niners Daddy says a lot of pressure on the first round pick you get for Lance. If he f- if the pick fails, that's four first for nothing. Keep Lance and watch him take the job. Yeah, that's true. That is true. Good point. See, it's it's a complicated discussion, which is why I like having it. There's no right answer at this time. Yeah. But uh, this show's gone on for an hour and forty two minutes. Wow. Got yeah. twenty one hundred people watching. Yeah. Hey, it's playoff time, baby. Thank you so much. Thank you, Ryan. I, I just monopolized all of your time today. Thank you so much. That's I all good. This. It's MLK. The office is closed. It's MLK Day. Happy MLK Day. The office oh, yeah. is closed. Yeah. Hey, happy MLK Day. Yeah. What you got going on the rest of the day? Uh, I'm chilling today. We had a show this morning. I was a little late to it, but if you guys do me a favor, man, please go subscribe to the channel. It's growing pretty quickly, and I appreciate all your support, so go subscribe. It's just my name, Ryan G. Henson. See, what's nice – People come to me with a little bit of advice about how to start YouTube channels. And I tell them, you know, like, just commit. It's going to be slow at first, but you got to want to, you want to, like, these are building blocks. Mm -hmm. And if you commit in freaking August, look where you're at in the playoffs. It seems like you and Larry are taking off big time, which is a testament to the work you did earlier when it may have seemed like it was a little futile. Now it don't. Now now you're monetized, baby. It's also a credit to you and uh, your generosity and giving us this forum as, forum as well. So appreciate you, man. Thanks. Like I, the, all, I was fishing for that compliment. You're the Bill like, Walsh yeah. of YouTube 49ers content creators. I'm the Kyle Shanahan, man. <laughs> <laughs> Nepotism, <Yeah>. baby. <sighs> Thanks for watching. I'll be back in like less than three o'clock. Larry, three o'clock. Larry, see you guys in. All right.